Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the podcast where we look to reassure everyone that football is fixable. All right, Seth? All right. Yeah, well, I say I say yeah. Uh, it's been quite an upsetting week. Oh, I'm sure it's absolutely nothing Arsenal related. Um, well, so, huh. I mean, it started off brilliantly because Arsenal beat Liverpool and it was one of the best performances um, of the season. It's been brilliant, you know, such a great side in Liverpool as well. I think we had record XG against them. I know. Oh, wow. Yeah, record XG. I think we get a trophy for that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, so That's for Coops, isn't it? Coops <laughs> loves XG. <laughs> he loves his, his stats and his XG. <laughs> yeah. Um, how does it? Yeah, I can hear him shouting at me. Yeah, um, that result though, I don't think even the Arsenal players probably didn't think that they'd win. Everyone seemed to say, "Well, it's probably yeah. going to be a Liverpool." The form win. book. I was feeling dreading walking in because Liverpool have just been picking up kind of that momentum going into it. They've yeah. really been battering teams. You know, they battered Chelsea, I think, during the week as well, just yeah. before it. So, and yeah, we we had a tough time. We, we did beat Crystal Palace and. I think, who was it? Forest, I think, midweek and, and stuff. But in terms of top sides now, we're still yet to get back into the full flow. So. Yeah. Both teams missing players. But yeah, it's a big big game, big result, and it opens up the title race again, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I think it'll make it quite interesting. It's it's gearing up, hopefully, to Another a... City win. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't want it to be another City win. I know, I, yeah. I, there's two things I don't want it to be. I don't want it to be a City win, and I don't want it to be one clear win. No, you want it going down near to the, as late as possible, don't you? Yeah, a two-horse race is good, but we haven't seen a three-horse race in a while, have we? Yeah, so. it's been ages. So it'd be, That's what someone said to me, though, is that oh, by doing that, we've given the title to Man City now. Cause mm. Some people feel that Liverpool are the only team because of the firepower, maybe, because Arsenal need a striker, everyone keeps telling me. So yeah. Liverpool are the only team that can stop City, and we've just stopped Liverpool from winning <laughs> or something. I don't know. It's it definitely would have given Liverpool a, a good head start because I think now if City win their game in hand they're they're ahead aren't they so yeah, it'll be yeah. in their hands um, yeah I think they might have two games in hand I think if they or did it oh no because they played well, Monday didn't they yeah that so was it. yeah they're two points behind so they'll be one point ahead yeah that's it um, with the game in hand but yeah I just don't want it to be in City's hands because you know what's going to happen they're going to go on their fourteen fifteen game <laughs> yeah winning before, streak. Yeah, that's it that's yeah. the end of it yeah. Um, so yeah, it started off well, but it's been uh, actually immediately following that game. I've got to pick out something, one a silly thing need to fix. Ah, oh, this is I, I know exactly what it's going to be. Oh yeah, yeah, because ob- obviously it's going to be Arsenal related, and the only thing Arsenal related for the past few days, and I don't know why people are still talking about this. It's the celebration. Yeah, it? it's been trending a lot, isn't it? And it's yeah. been partly be- well, it's been caused by Cara. Yeah, and of course, you know Jamie Carragher. Yeah, but he's scouts, you know that, Wait, right? you, Did you notice that, scouts? You know. That's terrible. Scouts. Yeah, of course. Um, so, people like my accents, by the way. I, did they, you see my, people? Who's people? I've had positive comment from <laughs> a person on the Batman short that I made. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, did that one. That? Yeah, that, that one was good. That That's... was, I mean, that Alfred and... Uh, was Christ- Alfred? I thought it was Bane. Christian Bale's... <laughs> I could do a Bane one. Yeah. Yes. Watch the foot. All right, anyway, so you can edit that out. <laughs> no, nope. um, staying in. So, yeah, no, yeah, he, he, he had a little go at Mikel because he, I think he ran up the touchline to celebrate, which we've seen several managers do over the years. Yeah. Um, but then it was also because I think Erdegaard was taking a picture of the, just, he's a real core, hardcore Arsenal fan, the uh, photographer who was mm-hmm. out taking pictures of the, of the fans post-match and stuff like that. And Erdegaard went and just took a picture of him in front of the fans and, Carragher said something along the lines, oh, just get down the tunnel and all that. Yeah. It did sound a bit bitter. It did, yeah. And yeah. It, obviously it came from a guy who's Liverpool. Yeah, absolutely. And, through, and I say. respect that. Yeah. And it, that would be the same case as uh, if, if it was um, someone who would beat United. I'm sure Neville would have said something or Keane. Um, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, And you want that. I, I know you want they the... did say it as well. I think Neville and uh, Keane did also say it's uh, over the top. Yeah, and that's, but it seems, I mean... I like Carragher as a co-commentator. I think he's really good. I actually, because what you want, and this is what we're going to go into in a bit, isn't it? About the what a co-commentator should do, what analysts should do. You want them analysing the game. You want to be learning. You know, you want to get some sort of insight that you can obviously spot. Yeah. You want them giving you insights, don't you? So you're yeah. learning things that maybe the, the the layman, the average viewer, might not be either able to spot because it's on TV or. 
because you don't have the expertise of a former footballer, that kind of thing. So yeah. that's what you want. That's what we're going to go into today and what makes a good football analyst and co-commentator and that kind of thing. Yeah. When he comes out and says, oh, just get down the tunnel. So, you know, you're not on the TV for that. Just, you know. Yeah, yeah. But also to have a go at it, I thought it was a little bit hypocritical. I'm going to fight the Arsenal corner, obviously. But, what? I mean, how many times has Klopp, who I love, by the way, and we both have said how much we admire him, mm. but how many times has he made a bit of a scene on the touchline? I think when he beat Everton, remember that um, Pickford mm. uh, nightmare last minute goal that he conceded? Yeah. Didn't Klopp run on the pitch when the before the game even finished? I think it was in a celebration or something. Yeah, and this is a, another one of those things that it is it's proof of bias running a lot of people's uh, emotions yeah exactly um and he, he absolutely wouldn't have said it if it wasn't liverpool that had just been beaten do you reckon um, i don't think so um he, he does he is quite uh, good in terms of being being as neutral as possible for someone who played for one team and yeah, was through and through sort of yeah yeah although he he was an everton fan oh uh, yeah so, as a child yeah, yeah. childhood um, fan yeah a lot of liverpool fans probably don't realize it that Carragher, Owen, and Fowler were all live, uh, Everton fans. That's and, interesting. Some of the greatest yeah. players of the yeah. recent era. Yeah, for some reason or another, they just couldn't get into the Everton Academy, so they went to the Liverpool Academy, and, and the rest is history. Yeah, that's probably it, yeah. I think yeah. that's probably it. Uh, did you know that Ronnie O'Sullivan's an Arsenal fan? <sighs> it's right. I, I, I mentioned that in the past? I can edit that out, it's fine. Well, you know, he, <laughs> people say he's a genius. What can I say? In snooker. Yeah. No, no, no. So um, Wayne Rooney's a, a genius in football. Is he? But he got fired uh, after, what was it, 15 games for Birmingham. His genius didn't help him there. No, absolutely. But anyway, so um, yeah, so I want to pick that up. I think it is entertainment. We're going to go into how we think pundits and analysts and stuff should, what's their jobs, basically. Mm. We don't want it all to be lecturing us on the, you know, the insights of football. So we want a bit of fun as well. But I mean, that's, you mentioned like the emotion. Arteta running up the touchline, like it's about emotion. It was a big game, yeah. two top of the table sides, title, you know, game, that kind of thing, isn't it? Mm. You know, it's a big game and it was a big result, especially in the form and stuff like we said. So I think, ironically, what was over the top about that was the reaction people had about what Carragher said. Yeah, all week, like you said, yeah. it's been. This has been going on and on. Most of what I've seen, maybe I'm looking through a certain set of glasses, you can point this out, but a lot of what's Jeff Stelling, for example, and talks about a lot of people saying, what's wrong with celebrating? It's absolutely, yeah. you know, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, the, what was it? Erdegaard said that if you can't celebrate a win, when can you celebrate? Yeah, exactly. You get so much six against Liverpool. And know? the pressure when you lose and all the stick you get when you lose, yeah. you want to celebrate when you win, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I just felt. But something even worse than that, Carragher said. And I've got to pick him up in it. So, well, I mean, you've talked about Arsenal, so I'm assuming it's going to be about Bergkamp this time. Um, so, basically, <laughs> I, I hope the listeners all understand the reason why I have this. Uh, it, I wouldn't say deep hatred, but just you used to like Arsenal. I used to like Arsenal, and now I just like watching them lose. There's something, <laughs> there's some sort of joy I get. Uh, from knowing that you feel pain from it because it, it kind <laughs> of sinister it almost emulates the pain I feel whenever you bring up Bergkamp and Arsenal for no oh, reason don't make me put them on I'll put them <laughs> on the TV you know I will I, I will punch your TV so hard <laughs> um, so yeah no it, this came uh, the following night I think so it was Monday Night Football Man City had just played De Bruyne masterclass brilliant player mm. admire him as well he's a uh, Best ever, isn't he? Apparently so, yeah. you think, uh, the rate that people talk about. <laughs> but um, one thing that Carragher fairly um, presumptuously, maybe, just came out and said, um, he said it without real analysis and evidence behind it. He mentioned about Cantona for United being a hero, obviously he played Leeds prior to that, but being an absolute legend at United, the impact he had and all that. And and we heard it recently on the Stick to Football Yep. podcast how much he probably got them over the line he really changed the DNA changed as mm. was it Neville said or, or whatever it was yeah um, Zola at Chelsea absolute legend there and Burkamp at Arsenal similar situation to Cantona at United Burkamp changed the DNA that's what Merson says the DNA that's where I got mm. that from um, the DNA changed like the spider bite on Spider-Man kind of thing that's what he was saying yeah um, Carragher just brushed them aside saying you know so Cantona Zola Burkamp legends at their clubs De Bruyne is better than all of them. And that was it. And it was, he said it very factually. And he it? just said it as if that's everyone knows this. Mm. I mean, 
we don't know anyway. There's no facts. There's no right answer to it. But there's certainly a very strong case to say that's not correct. Mm. It's it's a, kind of a shame because all he had to do is say I think at the start, and then you probably wouldn't. Yeah, have felt no, that's, yeah. It, he, he said it with certainty. Opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so many differences between their eras and now. Yeah. Um, some cases you'd say, well, the standard's better today. Some, uh, you know, there's a strong case. Maybe we need to have this in an episode where, I mean, we've talked a lot prior to creating this genius podcast mm-hmm. and how football's changed and how in some ways I think like defending's worse today, for example. Mm. And I, I will explain that at some point. Maybe now is not the time. But, you know, everything today is about geared to scoring goals and creating chances and that kind of thing. Those players in the past used to have to do a lot more to create what they did. That's why yeah. we're seeing records being broken by so many players. If you put Shearer into a current Man City team, mm. he'd be outscoring Haaland, quite likely, you know? Yeah, it was... Quite interesting because I had a conversation with someone recently. Um, I can't remember which pundit it was that said it a couple of days ago. That and this has been said a lot of times when they say that scoring is the hardest thing to do in the game. Yeah. And I've kind of just accepted it blindly because so many pundits and ex-footballers in general have said it. So I just accepted it as gospel. But it kind of made me think. But there's a lot more goals than clean sheets. Yeah. So can you really just outright say that scoring is the hardest when yeah. scoring is done far more than being able yeah. to being a clean, stop someone from you scoring. You have to be a unit in defence, don't you? you yeah. Have to be, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I, I just thought, and I'm not saying that defending is the hardest. I just kind of think, no, I think can, you, can you just blindly say exactly. that scoring is the it's, hardest? You, I think it's not black and white like that. I don't think no. there is an answer again. It's just, but you have to be more informed about how you approach your, if you're just going to say your opinion, it's what we were saying on our very first episode, isn't it? It's how you get to your opinion. Yeah. Just blindly say something. Yeah, so I, mean, I got a bit angry with that. We were, we were both attackers when we played Sunday League. Yeah. So for us, we would find defending far more difficult oh, yeah. than to score because we don't know how to. And so, I'm still like playing five side now, for example. When I'm in goal, I mean, yeah. I was really pleased I scored a few nice goals last week and I set a few, got a pat on the back, great pass, that kind yeah. of thing. When in goal, and I've, you might as well put my niece in goal. It was, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was, you know, I'm useless. So yeah, yeah, it's relative, isn't it, I suppose? Yeah, it's relative. But one thing I just thought, as he was saying that, can you imagine like Cantona and Burkamp Zola being in this Man City team that De Bruyne's in? De Bruyne's a genius. He's amazing at what he does. But if you put some of those players, great players from the past, in this team, would they be miles behind him? Would they, you know? Mm. I think yeah, I know what you mean. I just, you know, it's not taking he, anything away from De Bruyne as such. No, it's, exactly. But it's the the way that Carragher quite factually dismissed them. Yeah, it does seem a little bit odd. You could just say, "I feel that way," but I think we've said before in a different episode that you can't really compare generationally. Yeah, uh, I, more than a couple of years, you need to start... I mean, even every season changes. So many different variables, mm-hmm. not just the different teams from the promotion, relegation situation. Yeah. You have different teams every year. Rules and circumstances change, you know. Yeah. We've got the refs changing the way they approach the game every year now. It's, you know... Yeah, De Bruyne is definitely one of those... He's one of the very few players in the last probably 10 years that makes me differently about football he's definitely one of those guys he's an elite that you know there's yeah. the, the people that stick out the the Henri they make you excited that. when they get the ball yeah, yeah. yeah you know that something's going to happen almost everything they do is just another level yeah exactly you know? he's the best player on. it's like in the best player in the playground isn't it yeah yeah and he's definitely yeah. one of those so you can, yeah, you can count him as one of the absolute elites but yeah it's um I can kind of understand because he's got the word Bergkamp in it I, I know why you've got yeah uh, but also Zola, he was my favourite. My dad's a Chelsea fan. I went to watch Chelsea loads as a kid. Well, not loads, but I went to watch him a good handful of times. And Zola was my favourite player whenever he was on TV or when I watched him live. Zola would do, similar to what Burkamp did, he just had that magic that no one yeah. else could do on the pitch and just take your breath away. And that's what you go and watch football for. Yeah. So to just blindly almost just brush them aside and say, when circumstances are so different today and they've helped football players. Mm. But De Bruyne doesn't have to deal with the challenges and the defending that those players would have had to have dealt with, you know. So I think De Bruyne is amazing, and I think he's very much in the conversation of one of the greatest Premier League players ever now. Yeah. But the team that he's in, so even the the Man United team didn't really have what this Man City team, as you know, had in the last few what six seven seasons. They've won what five six titles out of the last yeah five out of the last six I think. Yeah, the Man United had that dominant spell during the nineties, but they weren't that. Far ahead of every other team, if you know mm. what I mean. They had Blackburn, they had Arsenal, sort of, you know, 
And even the there were a couple of seasons where they pulled ahead, but it wasn't year after year after year. Yeah. So if you put those great players from the past in this Man City team, no, you know how good would they do? Yeah, De Bruyne is in a very is great player as he is. This isn't taken away from him, but he's in a position that very few players previously would have experienced. If you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. He can stand out a lot easier, I suppose. Um, and also, it it proves how difficult it is to uh, judge people. <clears throat> In, in generationally if there's a, a gap of you know even at least five years maybe then it's yeah, already quite difficult yeah it becomes very difficult to compare doesn't it yeah like I say even year on year but especially the further away you go yeah if you're making comparisons where you just outright say oh no he's better than that or, you know I think we're all guilty of doing it sometimes but often it's tongue in cheek or it's to wind someone up or something. when Carragher said it with such anyway right yeah. so I, I've vented I've said it it's out yeah so no more Bergkamp or Arsenal for the rest of the show nope absolutely I promise yeah. That's uh, it's the, one of the most uh, hated things by our fans. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah I definitely. Is that, that John who's messaging? Is that, like, <laughs> yeah. is that what it is? I, I just, I just heard it. I, that's what I think <clears throat> people are thinking. That's it's just a feeling I get from. Uh, I just had this horrible thought. What from what you just said? What if eventually there's no Arsenal fans because they've heard me and I'm put all Arsenal fans off yeah. loving Arsenal. That's true. I mean, Nick last week uh, is a big Arsenal fan, but you might turn him. Soon enough. Oh, he was. He, you know, he's young as well. These youngsters. Yeah. We need that young blood coming through, loving the team. He loved <laughs> yeah. Arsenal. He hadn't even seen the best years, really. So that's like that's true. Love yeah. all that. That's great to see. Yeah. Well, yeah. There we go. So yeah, I want to get the silly things out of the way before we go into a sort of related topic, like I was mentioning earlier. So yeah. do you want to lead us into it? So that's what we're talking about today. Yeah. Well, we're going to be fixing. Pundits in general, I suppose, but we're going to be talking about pundits, analysts, uh, co-commentators, anyone who basically talks about football in an analytical way. Yeah, so this isn't the commentators who are there, they're employed, they're not normally ex-footballers or anything, are they? That's their job, they're professional commentators, they describe what's happening on the pitch and... Um, you know, they bring emotion to what they do. You know, you think of Martin Tyler and Peter Drury and some of these great commentators. We're talking about the people sat alongside them in the studio, even. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Post like match. Post match. Yeah. Yeah. You know, what should we say with the commentators, like right. the actual commentators? Right. Do you find it amazing that they could learn the names of all the players, even of these? In the World Cup and stuff. So. Or in the FA Cup. I mean, like, yeah. when you watch the FA Cup, they know all about, they do their research, don't they? Yeah. And they've got pages uh, of notes on it. It's brilliant. I'm, and I'm sure, you know, people will say, yeah, but you, they don't have a, a nine-to-five job and stuff. That's fair enough. But it's still a lot to learn. Uh, and yeah. there's a pressure that you know you're going to be mocked if you get it wrong. Yeah, um, I've, over the years, I've watched, like, documentaries and things like that. It doesn't sound interesting. <laughs> documentaries <laughs> on commentators. But, no, there was a few things up like, where they've interviewed Peter Drury and people, and they say... Um, like John Champion, I think, how he took pages and pages of notes before every game. They do their research. You know, mm. they don't just sit, turn up, sit down, and start talking. You know, there's yeah. a lot to it. And you know, the ones that you know, they deserve a lot of respect and admiration as well. I think. Yeah, and that's the same, I think, for the pundits because you can quite clearly tell the ones that have done their homework and the ones yes. that kind of on a whim uh, say what they emotionally feel. Yeah, good point, and that sort of brings me into something which I really get a bit frustrated with I think we've become would you say a bit more critical of what we read what we see you know in the last probably this generation our generation really Mm -hmm. you think with films and anything you see on TV everything's hypercritical now isn't it we want to digest and analyse everything we see yeah think about movies and the critics and people break down movies yeah yeah Mm -hmm. I definitely think that it's um, it's because it's uh, however accessible it is it's a lot more accessible than yeah. it was 40, 50 years ago. Exactly. You couldn't get away with certain things today that maybe you could have yeah. in our parents' generation and stuff like that. Yeah, and I think it was George R. R. Martin that said uh, when he wrote his first book, which was 1996 or something. This is a Game of Thrones guy, right? Yeah. Um, so he he when he wrote the first book, he said that social media wasn't a thing. So if someone read it, they might be able to tell their friends about what happened or their theories yeah. and stuff but that's about it but then by his I think third book or second book social media was a big thing so if someone had a theory now the rest of the world knows that theory and so yeah. he said by the time he, he, he'd written his fifth one all the theories about uh, um, <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to oh, ruin yeah. it for some people but you know a lot yeah, of the theories that a, came a out a big theory true. that if you'd watched the show or yeah read, but you know that yeah exactly know so what you're talking about because of YouTube and Facebook and everything Everyone was able to 
it, it might only have been a few people that worked it out, but everyone knows it around the world. And he said it was a big problem. Yeah. Well, if he wrote the books a bit bloody quicker, <laughs> he's just brought out Winds of Winter now, hasn't he? No. no oh, is no. it still not out yet? No, it's still not oh, out. It's, uh, what was it, 2010 or 2011, the last book? So... Does take, he has been busy, though, to be fair, with all the uh, films and, well, you know, shows. Yeah. Anyway, we might be getting slightly off topic. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, in terms of, so we were saying, so everything's, would you agree then? So everything's become, we're all more critical, aren't we? We expect mm. the best standards, best quality of everything we watch and read and hear, and everyone yeah. digests and analyses everything, don't they? And that's, I think that's the same with football, isn't it? Yeah. So we I don't th- want to just hear opinions anymore. I think exactly. We want to hear... We want to hear things that we might not necessarily know. Yeah, because because of things like social media and all the the channels that dedicate to analysing football and stuff. To just have somebody on a match just saying, "Oh, oh brilliant pass there, brilliant." Why was it brilliant? You know, why? Yeah. You know, I'm not expecting a lecture every time, but in terms of just by saying, "Oh, he played well," you know, we want to know more, don't we? So we've got some. Yeah. I think you've done a bit of background research as well. You know, I have coming up in a bit, but yeah. Um, so yeah, so this is what we're talking about today. It's about fixing. Pundits and analysts and people who comment on football, basically, isn't it? Yeah, we'll f- probably find a, a better title. Uh, yeah, we we'll, we'll figure it, that out. We haven't come up with a name yet. No. The no. people who talk about football. <laughs> Fixing them. Those people. Fixing football talkers. Yeah. Yes, those people. Okay, well, do you want to kick us off with, uh, well, ironically, your analysis of the analysts? Yeah, exactly. Well, okay, let me put this out there first. From my, can I call it, I'll call it profession? Um, believe it mm-hmm. or not, I am in a profession, right? Okay. In that, I'm a teacher, right? So one thing we have to do is break down how, and I'll probably have students who hear this eventually, and they'll be oh, he's at it again. <laughs> but in terms of when you're analysing something, that means something, right? So you have to take apart whether it's the advantages, disadvantages, or you know what would have happened there, compare it with different scenarios. You need to give real-life examples to apply it. You need to, what was the impact of that action? So instead of just saying, oh, he played well there, or yeah, they defended well, that's just a generic statement. That's describing or explaining what's happened, but that's not analysing why. I want examples, that mm. kind of thing. Some um, commentators, some analysts are really good at this. So Carragher, for example, although I had a go at him earlier, he's quite good when he's on the co-coms. He breaks out, you know, he sort of would say things like, oh, they need, they're dropping too deep at the moment. They need to, the press isn't right here. Or, you know, and you start seeing things like, right, oh yeah, I didn't think of that. And also you want his expertise as well because people, and some of the best pundits will say, you know, the commentator might say to their co-commentators, what would um, you be thinking in this scenario? How would you handle the pressure here? And that's what you, it's stuff that you can't figure out on your own as a viewer. Mm. Somebody who hasn't been on that professional football pitch, you want to see, like, what are they thinking or what should they be doing? Yeah. That kind of thing. And it's you know things I mean? that uh, they're not necessarily taught to us, you know, Sunday league level or anything like that. We don't have mm. a camera high up where we can see... Uh, almost a bird's eye view. We yeah. don't have um, these tactical coaches that would tell us these things. We just kind of told, "Oh, you're a centre back. I roughly know where I'm meant to be." That's <laughs> yeah. that's the level that uh, yeah. we played at. Just that's... get back, you know, <laughs> get back. That's yeah. out to Riz out there. We love it. Yeah. <laughs> if he's listening, if he's listening, yeah. Australia is he? Or New, Zealand? New Zealand? New Zealand. Yeah. Um, um, sorry, as old captain of ours of one of our teams. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so. Um, yeah, I think that's it. So rather than just coming out with emotion, I think, you know, there's some characters who I know, this might be controversial, people love him. I love, well, not just him, but them, Crouchy. He's brilliant. He's a great character. He's got his own podcast and stuff. People love it. You know, he's someone who, he's brilliant to listen to. He's funny. But when it comes to the analysis, sometimes you don't really figure out a lot. Of, you know, you don't learn much mm. from the guy. I don't mean that in an insulting way. And there's others like Rio yeah. as well. You know, so I respect Rio so much for what he's achieved. And some stuff he can come up with really good things. But there's other times when you don't really feel like... It, it sort of, he describes what he feels that get, what happening in the game. But there's no yeah. real analysis or specific and it's usually the I don't want to say the obvious, but it's usually that case. So if, if Man United loses, he's normally negative because of something, uh, some defensive error that caused United to, to yeah. lose. Yeah. We, we know... Why that happened? We but we don't know why that happened. What should they have done instead? For yeah. example, you know, so you end up sort of giving me scenarios or so. And I, I appreciate during the game when it's fresh, it's you know it's happening at the time. I'm not going to expect in depth analysis, but hmm. small insights, just a bit more of that. And some of the I think we're seeing it more and more with a lot of the co commentators and stuff. We're seeing it more from like say Carragher, Neville, Ali um, McCoist is Ali McCoist is brilliant, isn't yeah. he? I mean, I think one fix 
that I have is actually just to have a lot more Scottish uh, co-coms. <laughs> the Scottish guys are brilliant, aren't they? Yeah. I think some of the, over the Scottish years, they've yeah. just made to, they've, they've got the voice for it, you know? Yeah. They definitely, especially Take a like, boo. Yeah, like the mm. more Glaswegian, it just <laughs> yeah. seems like it gives them more of a punch, doesn't it? Yeah. I don't know. I just, yeah. and you believe them. Yeah. Just, just don't hurt me, right? But, um, so... <laughs> I'm not editing that out, by the way. What? No, no, no. Yeah, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to offend the, no, no, that's, that's the Scottish contingent of our... People will know what you're really like. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you have any Scottish students, they'll... <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. I don't know if I do, actually. I have a student who's Port Celtic, quite interestingly. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. But, yeah, he must know a lot because he's the one who said he didn't agree with your rugby. Because you keep going on about rugby all the time. Ah, yeah, well, I'm, I've been... Um, as I said uh, in the bonus episode, yeah, uh, I've been vindicated on that because now oh, yeah. everyone's talking about rugby. So, oh. yeah, we we wanted to be this podcast. We wanted to be ahead of the game, didn't we? We wanted to yeah, yeah, yeah. talk about things that people weren't and everything. And now we've we've actually led the pack. Yeah, yeah now we're seeing like during the week we had a lot coming out, didn't we? Yeah. About uh, the because there's the blue card that we talked about on the on the episode on the bonus episode. Yeah. The blue card coming out to go with the red and yellow cards. In, yeah, in exactly. Football. So we talked a lot about those rules and we came up a lot with how VAR could be fixed or changed and stuff. Yeah. And now they've been talking about that all week. Exactly. So you're welcome, um, Celtic supporter kid, um, for <laughs> for learning about this now. Yeah. He knows now that uh, we are ahead of the game. So this podcast is ahead of the game. If you want to learn stuff. Mm. Listen to the well, podcast. Well, Talk Sport have clearly been hearing it because a yeah. lot of what they've been saying of what we came up with. So. Yeah, exactly. Simon Jordan just listened to this before <laughs> you start in the morning. That yeah. must be why. Yeah. yeah, you sound so clever all the time. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, yeah, we'll get into the fixes in a bit, but we want to pick up some examples. So I mentioned Rio and um, some pe- some pundits there, Crouchy and stuff. Mm. Mentioned Rio because he was on when we were looking at a minute ago, weren't we? A few clips of him and Scholes. Scholesy. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant players. So much respect for them, but... As commentators, or analysts, I should say, they're normally in the studio, aren't they? And they're mm. analysing the game. And there's a lot of emotion there. And, um, you know, that's great. They've got the emotion. We know that they have allegiance with, say, Man United, for example. And we want that as well. And we don't want to get rid of that. But what we do want is more sort of insights. Mm. You know, we want to learn what is it they should have been doing. There was a quote, wasn't there, that Scalzi said, um, a, 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 you know, it was when United were playing in the Champions League. And so the midfield were just all over the place. You know, why? Can you illustrate that? Can you bring me some... I know this sounds really sad and I'm really geeky Mm -hmm. and I suppose that's my job, but that's that's our job. That's what we're here for. We need to sort this out. Yeah, well... I want to know what they should have been doing. Yeah, I think he mentioned about um, the midfielders were alone, I think he said, didn't he? Yeah, they were alone. What does that mean? mean? (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I'm sure if we watched the game, we'd kind of understand what he means, but how do you change that? Was it United doing something wrong, or was it the other team that were exploiting it? Yeah, pressing really well, or their tactics and shape. One problem that Skulls has, we mentioned this when he first started Punditry, he was so good at what he did... That he clearly can't explain what As he a did. Player. Yeah, he, yeah, he was an absolute genius, and so when he first started, he used the word quality all the time, didn't he? Well, he, <laughs> yeah. he didn't do. Well, he just he just needs more quality. There, there just needs to be more quality, and <laughs> yeah. they they were trying to, you know, what do you mean by quality? Well, you know, just just quality, because in his mind, he's just thinking, well, why doesn't you just pick up the ball? Um, pivot. You can't pick then, up the ball, Seth. So that's not allowed. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, but yeah, why can't you just? Um, Pivot and, and ping a thirty-yarder inch-perfect uh, pass. Yeah, in a, a, to a player that blatantly can't see, but somehow managed to get it to. He can't explain how to do yeah. that. He, he, just he was on another to level that. to yeah and to, yeah and to tell so, other players. To, but I think that's maybe you know this is maybe something we can approach in a future episode. But a lot of great players sometimes don't become great managers, do they? That's mm. a topic that goes around the internet occasionally. Yeah, you know, you think about the. Um, I know Thierry Henry, for example, and stuff like that. Yeah, you know, it's not. I'm not saying it's fact, but it's, some people believe that Vieira may be another one. God, yeah. I'm only picking Arsenal ones out. Here. Oh, what a surprise! But yeah. in a negative light, <laughs> so maybe Arsenal players aren't good. Oh, what? Oh, that's a shame. Uh, I mean, even Arteta started off at Everton, and he, well, as in he, the he's majority doing of the time is at Everton. Oh, right. So it's because it's Everton. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, you know, is it the fact that he was too good? He couldn't actually explain what he why he was yeah. so good at it, and other players probably, can't match it. You know. Yeah, it's it's a problem, especially for these legendary United players, because um, I was thinking about this recently. The moment Skulls retired was when United started doing badly. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say it was because of Skulls retiring, but it was just 
because Skulls and Fergie retired at the same time. Yeah, yeah. And so the only time Skulls has ever been a pundit is effectively during the negative periods of United. So we've only really seen the the negative side of him. But, you know, for the last 10 years, we've Rio, Neville, there's not been so much that they've been able to say good about. No, true. But one thing which, like, say Gary Neville, for example, I know some people... Don't always agree with him, and so you know. But he does analyze. He gives you insights. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying it's always right or wrong, but he does give you insights. He breaks down the game when he's mm. on the co-coms or when he's in the studio. Something which maybe his United teammates don't do as much. And I yeah. think that's one thing we need to get get out there today. I think yeah. you want to talk about uh, your favorite pundit, don't you? Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> Graham Souness. Look, <laughs> I love Graham Souness. I think he has that presence. You know, he's great. He gave player. you a present. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. He has those presents. But no, um. You know, he's obviously a legendary player before our time. Yeah. But when he's on, I don't know, I like his old school mentality in a sense of... I, I don't mind the old school mentality. We've had people like Hanson, Keane is still doing Keane it. Keane still does very, it yeah. yeah, very traditional uh, views and everything. That, that kind of thing I don't mind. Um, however, if you are going to be that guy who's going to be negative, you know, the, the grumpy granddad <laughs> on the couch, uh, just... Yeah always uh, talking about negative things at the very least i would expect some sort of counter argument or reasoning so right. um for example prove it <laughs> all right then <laughs> uh, i will so uh, i can't really remember exactly when i started disliking oh it's falling apart all oh, right okay <laughs> however a few years back and i found this on youtube as well a few years back he was talking with uh Carragher, uh jose Mourinho. Keane and Neville. Right, okay. And it was after a United loss. And they were talking about how they need uh, a striker. They, they were relying on Rashford, basically, as the number nine. It was a few years back. And Was Paul Pogba playing at the time? Oh, he, yeah, he was probably playing Pogba at some point. Um, <laughs> sort of become a bit of a notorious <laughs> story between him and Pogba. Yeah, and but he... Um, he kept on saying over and over again, they need a striker. They need a 25, 30 goal striker. And Neville, be, although he's a, you know, a biased Man United guy, he's yeah. as level-headed as you can be for someone who's played for only one team. Yeah. You know? And he, was, he and Jose uh, and Carragher were all talking about the type of striker that they need because they were saying they need some uh, they need a striker to be able to press because you can't rely on people like uh, Martial or Rashford to to play the pressing game mm. they need to allow Rashford to play on the left-hand side because he's more of a more of a threat from the left-hand side cutting Exploits in voice his pace from that side yeah, yeah and they were trying to explain the type of striker that that, that will fit but but soon has kept on butting in going no they they just need someone to score 25 30 goals and <laughs> the problem with that is they got Cristiano Ronaldo a couple of years ago. He's a 25-goal striker, yeah. and yet they played worse with him. And yeah, so Neville, yeah, the pressing was exactly that yeah, part of the issue, wasn't it? Neville, on that uh, YouTube clip, he actually brought up Van Nisselrooy as well and said they actually played worse. or, or Not necessarily played yeah, worse, but uh, they that. won fewer championships with uh, Van Nisselrooy. It doesn't mean a 25-30-goal striker is the answer because you need a player specific player to fit in hence you know Fernando Torres is a 25-30 goal striker yeah, yeah, yeah. but then you take him out of that Liverpool team put him in Chelsea and he's a shadow of his former <laughs> yeah. self yeah that was interesting that was good but, but <laughs> yeah, also so, you think City won the league without a real out and out yeah. striker when Jesus was there and they won the yeah, league yeah exactly that, you know, so it, it's not more than one way to do it isn't it yeah and just because they all established that Rashford's best position was on the left hand side yeah. They all agreed with that. And so there's a kind of a hole in the in the middle attacking role. Yeah. And so all Sunes could do was think, well, they need a striker that could score goals and just didn't go any further. And he kept on butting in and was was being that negative character. And it really, it really irked me. Um, and then you text me, by the way. I have to say this to all the, the, the how many listeners, 13 listeners? We have, <laughs> but, you know, you always say, Sunes was at it again. He's on oh. talks. Well, he said that. You really have a bone to pick with that guy, don't you? Yeah, well, I think it's... Um, I mean, the, the the example I gave is just one of many. And if you just type in Sunis Pundit on YouTube, it's just one after the other of just him being negative and not giving any 
any reasoning or uh, sound arguments. It's just being negative for the sake of being negative. Um, right. And I just kind of got sick of it because at the very least with Keane, <laughs> he's similar in a sense, but he has a certain personality and a humour. He's got a lot of so humour. So you think that, so it's not necessarily on. what Keane's saying, but you're saying that his character, his charisma... Yeah, charisma, charisma, kind of balance, if you call it that, or his... Yeah. He's got the same sort of gravitas in a sense that... Of, of, of Sunes, isn't he? They're both yeah. great... They had great careers, great people. If they're in a room, you're going to look up to them. Yeah, but he's definitely someone that he's able to find a way to uh, be jokey with, you know, Neville, with Micah, with Carragher. Yeah, I think when Micah, Micah Richards, with those yeah. two, they, and there was that show, wasn't it, where they were travelling to Wembley. Yeah, exactly. Was, and you, you know, got to see a different side to him. Yeah, and he gets invited to a lot of podcasts uh, with these guys, whereas Sunes, he is either on... Uh, he, he did things like uh, the Sky um, uh, Punditry, but then he does talk sport and he occasionally does interviews but he doesn't seem to get invited to these shows he, he might not want to um, be be that yeah. jokey kind of guy but it, it means that he stays as this one-dimensional negative guy that just doesn't seem to <laughs> yeah it, it only it's seems fun. To they can see the true cess coming out <laughs> yeah i just wanted something different you know it, we said that um at the start that we it, everything progresses so we expect more from yeah uh, different pundits I'm sure Alan Hansen now, if we listen back to him, we'd say, oh, actually, that's, that's a, there's a, a bit lacking there in yeah, what he gave. He was, in that time, when he was on Match of the Day and stuff, he was seen as one of the best. Yeah, he? He yeah was, exactly. His analysis was ahead, but that's the thing. We've now come to expect that as a standard, haven't we? Yeah, um, and I, I think the fact that he sat around people like Neville, Carragher, uh, Jose was very good. Um, actually, every time I see Jose uh, in As a pundit kind of, sort of thing. Yeah, he's very good. But they show Sunas up quite a lot in terms of the analysis. It, it, it's almost as though Sunas has been left behind. He's kind of yeah. refused to move. And the thing that I, I dislike the most is I think it shows his character. Um, and I, I know you remember this. After the uh, England women won the Euros. Oh, yeah. And a few weeks later, he was sat next to Karen Carney, who's played, what, 145 times for England or something. Yeah. And he... he just outright said, uh, was it football is a, a man's game? Um, yeah. And no, yeah. no, no, I know what you're going to say. And you've always tried to defend it and say, but he didn't mean it. In no, that I way. Yeah. everyone knows he didn't mean it in that way. However, he s sat next to a woman who, with over 100 caps, a few weeks after England women win the Euros, yeah. when England men have never won the Euros, and he goes out and says, it's a man's game. Well, it, he yeah. used the wrong word. Yeah, because they were talking about the midfield and challenges and how... How the tough... Yeah, it should be... Able, people should be able to... It's a context yeah. ball. That kind of, so we so, said it in that context, didn't Yeah, we, but, so the least he yeah. should do is... I'm sorry, I didn't mean to use um, uh, use that phrase at all. It's It just came out. Yeah. You know, the, I mean, the meaning of the man's game... In terms, I mean, that's a very traditional kind of phrase. Yeah. You don't mean it's just for men, but it was... Every, every yeah. feminist in the world absolutely knows what he meant. Yeah, he didn't but mean it was it quite as... insensitive in the sense. Yeah. Especially uh, considering you're sat next to yeah, he a didn't, legend of the women's game. He absolutely game. didn't mean it as it, women shouldn't play, but he should have apologised. Yeah. And yet the next day he came out and said, I will not apologise. I didn't uh, mean it in that way. And we're going to get like thought, the lawsuits onto us after this, by the way. Like, soon as <laughs> his lawyers. What is he going to sue us about? It's exactly what he said. He's refusing. It, yeah, to... it's quite factual. Yeah. Yeah. He went on Talksport and he said he, he will not. Uh, he refuses to apologise. I just I thought that kind of showed the true character that he is because stuck there's a lot the, of people that the have, maybe old school way. Yeah. Know. There's a lot of people that have said certain things and they come out and say sorry, didn't mean it in that way. But you know, you've got certain people where if they refuse to apologise you know that it, it shows their true character, you know. Um, I think that with Rishi Sunak, to be honest, I don't want to show my political oh God, views. Well, there goes half of the nation's... Yeah, <laughs> you know, whenever he refuses to apologise for the blatant lies he says and stuff, same as Boris. God, what? You were on one tonight. Yeah. Put that stress ball down and just relax. <laughs> I'm being the Graham Sunes. You are uh, right episode. now, actually. Yeah. yeah. No, I think I really respect... I like Sunes on TalkSport. I like listening to him. I think it probably was the right time for him to... Because he stepped down, didn't he? Yeah. Um, from Sky and that kind of thing. But I still like to get him on TalkSport and hear him on there. I still respect his opinion. You know, he was a legend and um, I do yeah. think he's brilliant. 
um, in some ways. But yeah, I appreciate that he might be in the old school ways. Also, just going back to his striker thing, just before we got into the fixes. Mm. Going back to his striker thing, um, the 25, 30 goal a season, that doesn't really happen anymore, does it? Because of no. the whole... the. I want to talk about this in a future episode, actually, how football's changed and stuff. But it's now teams where I might you might say Haaland at City, but that's a rare example, isn't it? Yeah, he gets a million chances a game. Um, yeah, that kind of um, proves my point in terms of he's been left um, left behind in a sense because there was there was one about a year ago actually I remember when. It was actually, it was Jose again. I don't know if it was Sky, but it was it was somewhere else. There was a few of them. Jose was one of them. And they were talking about tactics. The specialist and, and failure guy, so Jose. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Um, so Carragher was talking about the style that Liverpool plays. The, the, the attacking uh, style. Quite direct. Direct, yeah. yeah using yeah. The, the wing backs a lot and everything. And then Jose was talking about the uh, styles uh, that he played at Real Madrid and um, had to change slightly uh, with, you know, if you play against the top teams compared to the lower teams and etc. And then Sooners just came out and said, look, it's it's not rocket science. It's quite simple, really. I, I used to just tell the centre-backs, just don't leave this area, just <laughs> help out. And, and told the midfielders similar, just, you know, help out the defence. And that was it. And then everyone else kind of had to carry on and analyse the, the actual <laughs> It's just tactics. like the angry granddad in the room. You're, it, ma- it you're making really it sound is. like. It, it really was. And it just, I think, if you just have him, when he was being interviewed by Simon Jordan on Simon Jordan's uh, podcast recently, yeah. that was quite nice to hear his insights because hearing the insights from great players, I'm, I'm on yeah, board with that. We want that. Yeah. yeah, so I, I listened to that. I'm fine with it. But then when he sat with three or four people who are able to articulately uh, analyse the, the certain topic they're in. And then he is just still in his old old ways going, oh, no, no, it was you know, better back in my day kind of thing. <laughs> it, it just kind of shows him for the, the old-fashioned um, ways <sighs> that uh, I think he is. It, all I right. think he's been left behind. Okay, yeah. all right. Are you finished? <laughs> all right, have you got it all out? Are you happy? Yeah. <laughs> I... I Almost, uh, I just realised that, you know, the way he is with Gra- uh, Graham Sinus is with Pogba. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. kind of like that. You're with like Graham with Graham Sinus. <laughs> okay, yeah. That dartboard with his face on it, you didn't, that was a I bit too much. I didn't have to. Yeah. Yeah. I just wanted to. Yeah. Just this, but yeah, starting to get an idea of what you think about him. It's almost <laughs> as if you don't like him. Anyway, so, um, yeah, moving on then. So, how are we going to fix it? So, what should we expect from all of our pundits and co-commentators and stuff like that then? Well... I've broken this down into four categories. Okay. This is something that I think I expect from the pundits. If if they have all four, brilliant. They don't necessarily need to have all four, but I right. think this is what they should be aiming for, really. Yeah. So, okay. first one, I've written down, analyse the unseen. So, Like the wind. Like the, what exactly. was it I said about the referee recently? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Silent like the wind. Silent like the wind. Don't have a presence on the field. That don't get it. noticed. That don't get it. noticed. Yeah. yeah. So w- what we don't want is for us to, to see a goal and then the uh, pundit goes, oh, yeah, good goal, wasn't it? Like, did you see it? There's, that was a brilliant goal. goal there. Oh, that's brilliant yeah. what he did there. Yeah, we don't want that. We, we saw it. We want to we want to have uh, an actual analysis or uh, a breakdown even of how they came up with it. Maybe how did they create the goal? Yeah. What was Especially it? Especially nowadays, yeah. when when they score a goal, it's not really to do with luck or individual skill. There's certain tactics that would have happened from twenty seconds before yeah. to in order to try and break down the defense yeah. to open and, up the gap or the yeah. yeah. And we we might not necessarily see that because we never had that kind of top level experience it might be highlights that we saw so we we missed it yeah um so we want to have people analyze the unseen people like Carragher and Neville are very good at that yeah um Michael Richards has been very good at that recently and Shearer yeah um so that's the first one um second one uh to have your own experience so by your own experience your own experience yeah yeah so not someone else's no no no. Uh, hopefully they know my experience Right. <laughs> no, so I want to see you using all of your experiences. <laughs> yeah, not not just some of it. Yeah, all of yeah. it. Um, no, so I I don't really care about the uh, analysis of a YouTuber compared to uh, someone who's played 
for years in that top profession. level. Yeah. It doesn't even need to be top level as such. You know, I, I remember two YouTubers recently said they don't care about listening to Leon Osman. They want to hear from the top players. I thought, Leon Osman? Well, that's still top for... level, though. Yeah, exactly. He, he was a captain for Everton. That's, yeah. that's the still top level. Biggest clubs in English history. Yeah, so it. I think it's just... It's, it's, all they want to see is the... Um, the uh, the, the superstar top six characters. superstars, the yeah, exactly. Or whatever, yeah. So I don't necessarily think it should be that, but I think it should be someone with experience. It shouldn't just be YouTubers with an opinion. Yeah, you know? no, I'd agree with that. Um, yep. So they can, and that connects to the third one, which is their gravitas, because I think you can you can rely on your experiences or the uh, ability to analyze, but. If you're kind of lacking in that, then your gravitas, you know, I think we said before about um, Zinedine Zidane. If he walks into a room, yeah. you listen. You pay you attention. Know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Soonest kind of had that. Roy Keane, Thierry mm. Henry. They're the kind of people that um, if they aren't as good at analysing, you're still happy that they're in the room. Yeah. Even know? just hearing what their opinion was actually carries a bit extra, maybe. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay. And then number four, I think, is charisma. So Michael Richards is uh, case in point. He when he started in punditry, he I used to have a go at you a lot, didn't I? About not not you, but in terms <laughs> of I no, it wasn't your fault. <laughs> but in terms of Michael Richards when he first got into match of the day, and he would just yeah. used to laugh a lot, and it's. I appreciate the young kid. I mean, he's our generation, but in terms of the young yeah. kids, we sort of say, oh, they must love these Crouchies and Michael Richards because yeah. they, they laugh and they joke and that sort of thing. But, you know, I'm not here to watch that. It's, no. it's great that you can have a bit of a laugh, but I want to learn something as well. Yeah, exactly. He would only just uh, kind of agree with what the last person said. If Shira breaks down uh, this uh, defence or attack or whatever, and then you go to Micah, and Micah goes, yeah, I completely well, I agree with him. But that's partly because Shira just looks at people and they don't want to upset him. <laughs> yeah, well, that's that's the gravitas. Yeah, well, that's suppose, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. that gravitas. Yeah. Ticks that box. But Micah nowadays has gotten much better on restless football, especially. Yeah, we, yeah he's, he's brilliant, brilliant, isn't he? Yeah. 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 I mean, he's become a cat. Him and the Keen thing, you know, he's yeah. got his own personality. That's great. We want that as well. That's Yeah. Great. But you also, what Micah Richards does when he's on the the sky panels and stuff like that he does break down now he gets yeah. into more in-depth he's, discussions he's able to balance it out now whereas before when um he was being interviewed by neville uh, a couple of years ago and he said that when he first broke into punditry he realized he's never going to have he didn't have the career as uh, uh, a lot of the others and there's nothing he can do with that and there's a lot of people who can analyze things better than him so the one thing that he could do is okay. bring the charisma. Yeah, yeah. And so he, he focused on that. But I'm glad that now he's able to... He's added other, sort of, yeah. those other attributes you mentioned, actually. He's added one or two more of those. Yeah, exactly. He? And with these four, so analyse the unseen, uh, your own experience, charisma and gravitas. If you have all four, it's absolutely brilliant. But yeah. you have to have at least a few of those. Uh, otherwise, if you just have gravitas, then I think that's that's the reason why I think Sunus has been found lacking is because he he doesn't analyze the unseen unless he's being interviewed he can't bring in his own experiences yeah, as yeah. such um and yeah, point, his yeah. charisma is very much just grumpy <laughs> you know, like, i disagree with that i think sunes is not is more than that but i get so you've given some examples yes all yeah. right just look just leave him alone all right i'm just saying paul pogba you know? <laughs> oh. right so that yeah they're my Fixes. What do you think? Yeah, no, I'd agree. I, off air, we say off air. We um, before the show, we're talking about um, the gravitas, weren't we? And so, so I have to agree. You know, I've got some similar ideas to that. Yeah. One thing is, I'll add to it is just to go back on what I said. Scottish as well. No, Fox. Scottish. Yeah, um, Scottish. Uh, even though Sunes was Scottish, but let's gloss over that. <laughs> um, don't want to get you going again. Nah. Oh. Um, so <laughs> Listen, yeah, there's another one that I said. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> and there's another thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, in terms of, I want, just want to get, I'm not saying I want every minute of every football match, the co-commentator talks, and it's it's a it's a lecture on analysis. I'm not saying mm. that. But just a few more insights and stuff like that. They're also in the stadium. When you're watching things on TV, you don't get to see the whole pitch necessarily. Yeah. So that insight from the, you know, the co-com, so it can be really useful. Yeah. Um, and then at halftime and stuff. I know it's very quick, but that's also what they're paid to do, right? They're, yeah. They're there to be able to tell us what's happening. Yeah. And and it helps them with other things like um, you know certain podcasts. There's stick to football mm. with Neville or rest is football uh, with, with the trio. Yeah, yeah. With, with those, they're able to use their analysis in a lot of 
their their past experiences as well. Yeah, uh, which I think give yeah is is brilliant. Those are brilliant podcasts. The second Stop promoting and, them. second and third after ours. After ours, yes. Yeah. Okay, I'm glad you got that bit. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, and that's one thing. Every match of the day episode now they break, especially the main. I suppose when they've got a whole roster of games they have to gloss over things but they do break down key things don't they yeah. and that's the thing I want you know you want that analysis what what were they doing wrong there's certain things like I remember some of the um, analysts have said like if you can't see their number I think Cammy Chris Kamar used to say if you can't see their number you don't know what where they are you're not in a <laughs> your body position's not right or that yeah. kind of thing it's these little things you go oh I didn't think of that you know yeah. that's, that's, I remember Neville mentioning years and years ago that um, he was taught in defence, that it's as though you've got an invisible rope tied between yeah. the other defenders, and so if you're if the centre backs move left, then you moved uh, left with them, and you know it's nowadays it's moved on. I yeah, know of that, course, and you have then, the centre backs just... playing out as well, don't you? Yeah. But can I? Um, I might have promised about oh, not bringing a pass. No. Can I just say George Graham? It's alright. I can edit this out. So <laughs> <laughs> George Graham, who was the manager before Wenger and Bruce Rick. Uh, back in the eight, won the won the league a couple of times of Arsenal as as manager, he was the one who really created the famous Arsenal back five with Seaman and goal, um, Bold and Adams and Dixon. He, he wasn't bald. He had a ponytail. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. So, but he actually in training, I remember. I think it was Lee Dixon said they used to actually tie a rope around all of their waists so they were all connected. Mm. So if one, if the left back, very difficult to, push to play a game. That's, yeah, uh, I don't remember that. Yeah, no, um, this was in training, but yeah, so. Um, they actually got used to that shape. Mm. And then that back five went right the way through into Wenger's era for the first half of Wenger's era, really, why they were so good defensively. And then he could just bring in the, you know, the attacking genius of... Um, that's not mentioned in it. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> moving on. So, yeah, there we go. So um, I think we fixed uh, another thing then, have we? Are we I think so. The, they'll probably use this, you know, Sky and everything. They'll, they'll probably write these, the five down, analyse the unseen, own experience, charisma... Gravitas and Scottish. Scottish, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> and, uh, they'll probably hire people based on that now. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to sort out the, the Scottish unemployment rate, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we're gonna, we're we're gonna... another thanks from the Scots. Yeah. Um, so there we have it. So thanks, as always, for listening. We are on, I mean, we're on everything now, right? Pretty much. Yeah, basically everything. If you search for us, you'll find us. We're somewhere. also on Audible, don't you know? Are we? Apparently. Didn't tell me that. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just, if you listen to our pod... Anyway, so um, <laughs> that's one, again, for you, Coops. Nod, little nod to you there. Yeah. Um, thanks, everyone, for listening to us, the geniuses that we are. And yeah. um, we'll always be here to fix. And if you guys have any suggestions on things to fix, then keep it to yourself. Yeah. We'll, we'll fix what we want. Especially if you disagree with us. Yes. Keep that to yourself as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so thanks very much, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.